is this finally the time where the funny was right for yeah. the role? So yeah. who knows? I mean, you who knows? have a strong track record of making casting directors laugh, which is, yeah. I mean, it's just at a point now where you're just, you're just, you're just a funny guy. I'm just a funny guy. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Episode of the Bros and Brews podcast, where we're chugging along. We're putting a few of these under our belt. Mm. Now, it's been mm. two weeks, not as long as the wait before the last one. We're unable True. to return to weekly programming. One day it will happen. We're busy, busy as always. Uh, it is the 22nd of September, which is a Thursday. It has just gone 3.15 in the afternoon, and I am joined by the one, the only, Matthew Stanleach. For another hey. update on life, on musings, on beverages, on TV shows, on movies, on questions, and more. And you know what? We're just going to dive straight into Brulette this week. I have nothing more to say other than that. <laughs> Matt and I have both bought a beer from a supermarket or similar. It is a single can beer. It is a craft beer. And the hope is that, miraculously, after 41, this being the 42nd time we've tried this, we might somehow have bought the same beer uh, I, I, this could be it. It might not be. It, it could be it. Uh, but we will start on the count of three by saying the kind of beer that we have purchased, and we will see if there's any matches to be had. So, three, two, one. Lager. Unfiltered IPA. No, that's a no. No, that's a no. That's a big Possibly no. Possibly could not get any further. Last I guess week, a little said, bit of a question mark. Yeah. This week, definitely no, not. Unfiltered IPA. Um, tell us about the unfiltered process of the IPA that you are going to drink where it is from what tasting notes you expect and why you have purchased it uh, yeah this is uh, this is Laughing Bones Brewing Company uh, which is, comes out of Silverdale north of Auckland uh, one I of know the, Silverdale well I've had headshots yeah. at Silverdale once you may remember yes, the story yes I do say yeah, no more yeah, I hate yeah. it already <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's coming out from there. Don't believe we've had Laughing Bones on the show before. Um, and this beer is called the Hibiscus Coast Haze. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's an unfiltered IPA. So for those that are questioning the unfiltered and what that means, um, it's in the word. It's basically, it's just, it's unfiltered. Um, beers go through a lot of filter, uh, filter filtration process when they're being done um, and that's what makes them clear um, and for a long time that was the desired effect of a beer is that it's very clear and you know transparent you can see through it um, but now is the days of hazies and things like that and so this is a yeah unfiltered IPA so I'm expecting it to be a little bit cloudy um, and it be a little bit stronger than your usual IPA or your pilsners and, and things like that um, I must admit I didn't purchase this beer. That's Morgan right. We allow did. we allow rule bending. No rule breaking, but rule bending <laughs> no, no is rule okay. Break, but yeah, but Morgan did because um, she went to the supermarket on the weekend. I couldn't attend the supermarket on the weekend, um, and that story will come soon. Um, and Morgan graciously purchased um, a beer, knowing that I would need one uh, for uh, for this at some point. Uh, so yeah, she has. She has delivered again. Um, so yeah, four forty can laughing bones, unfiltered IPA. Interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how hazy in taste it seems. Yeah. Or if it's yeah. or if it's ju- uh, if it just seems. Oh, that is a cool can. It is a cool can. Very pink. It is pink. That's attention grabbing. Um, I have gone with another new brewery, a brewery we've never had Ooh. on. I don't think we've had it anyway. I have gone with Mean Doses, which is a oh. a small brewery in Wellington. If you if you know Wellington, it's on Tory Street, just opposite the big sort of warehouse park where there's the warehouse and the Noel Leamings. And oh the, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I've been told that the guy who runs it is called Dean Moses, and that is why it's called Mean Doses, which seems like too much of a, a, a good story to be true. But it says on the can that. <laughs> That 
Dean is one of the founders, and Kerry. Um, so mean cerveza, as in the Mexican word for beer. Uh, so I think it's their kind of lager, and it talks about um, a sort of a Mexican-inspired lager with lime and floral flavors. Uh, we've had a few lagers on the show and brulette before. I don't think we've ever mm-hmm, had one mm-hmm. that's been overwhelming. I think the best one we've ever had was Parrot, Parrot Dog's yeah. one of their special lagers. Was it called Matt or Steve? Oh yeah, I, I had a I had a Matt lager. Yeah, I think I had oh. already tried it on not on the show, and then you tried it, and it did quite well. Yes. Um, and I'm curious for us to sort of flesh out a few more lagers. So I'm hoping, as someone that you know, we've spoken about our we've got a love for a Corona. You know, a soul with a lime also gets the job done True. on a sunny day. I know it's it's not perfect lager drinking weather. It's quite grey here, and it's not yeah grey up here I'm not as well. Anticipating drinking. Uh, eating any salty salty snacks but i <laughs> i strangely have high hopes for this i kind of hope it's going to be a good lager but let's crack them open and find out let's do it oh, fair bit of foam there a little bit of sea spray cheers to you my friend cheers mm. Mm, 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 mm. Ooh. you go first seeing as something interesting's happened on your end mm. Yeah, that's um, dirty. That's <laughs> that's unfiltered. <laughs> no, but it, no, but it, it, it's um, it's uh, okay. Here's a description for you. It's very soft. Ooh, you know what I mean. It's it's um, it's it's very good. Uh, I mean, you know, IPAs not necessarily the strongest of flavor of things and you know definitely hint at different notes and stuff um but i can definitely understand the unfilteredness uh, of this beer it's a it's very soft uh to the palate uh to the mouth feel um yeah that that's um i can understand why they call it you know in the title of the beer it's, it's haze um even though it's not a hazy um but I mean, honestly, if you, I think if you were to put it next to another hazy, it would, it would probably stand up. Um, very good, very good first impressions. I gotta say, much, not too much, much not too little. Um, is it hibiscus? Is sort of florally, isn't it? Yeah, a little. But I'm that like I'm not disappointed in that. You know what I mean? It's not overpowering. Mm-hmm. Um, comes through a little. Yeah, very good. Nice. Um, I feel like I've already forgotten about this. Uh, I think my instinct was that this was not super light. It's not a watery lager. We've talked about mm-hmm. that sort of tinny flavor that can come with yep. l- sort of a light lagers before. Totally. And I think I might have detected a bit of liminess to it. So I'm Ooh, I'm ready to that's in, that's I'm in ready range. to dive in. I'm going to say no more and just have an, have another sip um, while yeah. I go in for a little guzzle. Why don't what a strange verb. Um, why don't you tell the people how you've been? Inform me on any exciting news, updates, things that have happened in the last few weeks, fun stories to tell, any tidbits that you want to share. Tidbits, me first. All right. Um, last two weeks have has been, it's been pretty up and down. Mainly, I would say, more on the up than anything. Um, it's been pretty good. Straight after our last uh, recording two weeks ago, a couple days later was our next uh, D&D session. Mm. And I had a day at home and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do something with this day. So I asked Morgan if I could borrow her electric scooter for the day. And I had planned out this big trick of mine to do around Auckland um, to go to a spotlight uh, and then also go to a, it's called Hobby Games, which is basically like a board game store. So they hold D&D, you know, things and, and stuff like that. Anyway, I planned out this big trip that I was going to go into town, get a bus all the way out to near Albany. And then from there, scooter around. And then once I've done my stuff, scooter back to the bus stop and then bus all the way back into town and i had about a three four hour adventure um north of the center city and it was actually a lot of fun uh just uh, something that i probably don't do enough is kind of just explore Explore, yeah yeah, explore new places in in auckland 
And yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It's so easy to get on the bus, get up there, and then yeah, use the electric scooter. Must admit, <laughs> doesn't do very well on hills with uh, my body on top of it. Not the strongest of scooters, so I did have to walk a little bit, and it was a hot day as well. Um, but it was like I said, it was so much fun. So basically, the whole aim of the day was to get supplies to make um make things more exciting for our D and D sessions. Um, in D&D, there's things called uh, conditions where your characters might get poisoned or they're stunned or they're charmed and ruddy ruddy rah. Anyway, on the game board, I made little rings um, and associated different colors to different conditions. So when something happens on the battlefield, you can put a ring on your character mm. and you can tell straight away that, okay, that character's poisoned or that one's charmed or whatever, ruddy ruddy rah. Um, it's a cool little thing there. And then I also made little um, health potions. So in the game, you can buy health potions and use them in battle or after. Um, but for on the tabletop, I brought these little vials and brought some twine and buttons and made a little, you know, made it look aesthetically pleasing. And then I, inf- well, not infused, but I mixed some gin with some raspberry cordial um, and made little shots. So if you wanted to have a healing potion in game, you had to have a little shot of the healing potion. Um, it was really cool. It was just adding like a new kind of little, just a, a dynamic on the table, just to bring it to life a little bit more and a, a little bit more fun. And it was really cool. It was a it was a great success. Everyone loved it. So it was a, a day well spent, I must say, in my arts and crafts adventure. Um, but yeah, other than that, the Probably one of the biggest things that happened over the last week, and James, you will know already, um, but a big feat for me in my life, 27 years old, I finally got my learner's driver's license. Finally, finally. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Long time coming, long time coming, and... Uh, it had been a big discussion for Morgan and I over the past couple of months and I must admit I just kept on pushing it back and pushing it back and you know it came from a place of a fear of failure um, but also the whole necessity of it and not really I guess the responsibility of not wanting to have to drive or you know things like that there was something really deep down inside of me that was kind of stopping me for a long time um, and yeah over the past couple of weeks basically have been taking the tests and last Tuesday I set the test and I passed uh, very easy very easily um, how many so questions are there and how many did 35 you there's 35 questions I got 34 right oh nice that's more yep. than I think I got 30 32 or 33 because do you have to get 30 ish you pass? have no you have to get 32 ah, really? if you get 31 you fail yeah, I can, so, I can picture myself sitting in the little booth in the AA yep, or wherever yep. it was in town. I definitely <laughs> didn't get them all right. Maybe I only got one one wrong because I don't think I, I wasn't close to failing. And I think mm-hmm. if I'd got 32, I would have remembered getting that. And I I think maybe they have 33. Did they give you any of the weird questions? The classic one that I remember is the like, how far can something long extend front and back of the car like, yeah you know, three meters three meters forward and four meters I back i swear they always put that one on did, did yeah, you get it totally did you yeah i got both question? of them yeah classic. yeah i got both of them yeah yeah, yeah. it was just because they came up on all the practice tests yeah so it was it was easy to remember three forward four back and then like four meters uh if you're towing another vehicle like just like weird little measurement increments Stuff like that you that. never use no Honestly, exactly all you really need to learn is the giveaway rules that's mm. really the main thing totally and i still totally. find that going like behind the wheel of a car the thing that you have to think about the most other than maybe ch- like i'd say when you're in a car the driving the number one thing is lane changing yep. as is the point of time where you're most likely to get in someone else's way but outside of that it's just intersections learning yeah. the giveaway rules you're like with the right left oh there's a stop sign and giveaway all uh, that stuff is just my right to get to 35, go, 35 questions. Yeah. But a hearty congratulations to you, sir. Thank no you. doubt you've Thank already you. logged hundreds of hours of drive time behind, oh, behind the wheel. No, I haven't gone Haven't gone for a drive yet. Um, but that's because we, yeah, we just haven't had the time for it. Um, so what are the rules so, on that? Like, 
you can drive with me and the passengers because I've had my full for yes. a couple of years. So. Yeah. Anyone who's had their license for two years and is in the passenger seat uh, in the front is absolutely fine. So I could drive you, I can drive Morgan, I can drive my mum, uh, anyone. So it's good. So, you know, once Morgan and I, or once I get a little bit more confident in stuff, whenever it comes for us to drive places, I can start taking the, the slack. And that was the point. And that was the conversation that Morgan really wanted and appreciated was for me just to help out on occasions. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's still not good in the sense of like, if some, like if there was an emergency, Obviously, I can't do anything about that because I have to have someone in the car. But just as it comes to driving around the place together, I can yeah, I can just I can pick it up, which is nice. Wait till you go hundred for the first time, man. Oh yeah. Wait till you I'm... figure out how fast that is behind behind. I don't like driving hundred. For me, yeah. the cap is sort of you get to eighty. Eighty is not that doesn't feel that different to fifty. And I will say this without incriminating myself when you're in a 50 zone i feel like 50 to 60 is where people speed sort of quite mm-hmm. often it's very easy to yeah. get up to 60 you get all the way up to 80 and it feels okay and then it's 80 to 100 that you're like whoa this is whoa. if you're in a small motor. car and it's windy that is not a lot of fun i don't like driving 100 and i remember the first time i went on the motorway in wellington i was like nah I'm, I don't care if I'm in a rush to get somewhere. I'm just going to chuck on. I'm coasting. Eating. Yeah, nice. Exciting. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So that's that's a, a, a win, a, a milestone finally done. Um, 27 years. Well, what's that? Like uh, 11 years too late. Hey, there are many people out there that don't have their learners. And all of a sudden, you, sir, have taken I'm a step up, up and society over there Woo. from a transport perspective yeah so exciting yay. i think yeah the classic photo of the uh the the piece of paper with the lines yeah, the paper. through them yeah yeah nice. <laughs> i had to do it i had to let everyone know yeah um so yeah so that's a good thing that happened in the past couple of weeks um probably the down the worst part um which happened very recently um over the weekend i had the worst tummy bug oh we call it a tummy bug because it just destroys your insides. Um, yeah, I don't want to go TMI on this <laughs> podcast, but uh, honestly, I was evacuating left, right, and center, and it was it was not pleasant. Um, that was the Saturday, and then Sunday I still had a few effects, but my body was trying to keep up, and it was it was like I don't like what's just happened. So I started getting sick Sunday night, headaches. Monday I still wasn't too good. Tuesday I was slowly coming right. Um, yeah, it knocked me for six, and it was really annoying. Um, I had friends up from Wellington um, on that weekend, and we were going out Saturday night. I basically just had to tell them, I'm sorry, I can't. I... I can't stand up for more than 20 minutes with, <laughs> without oh, having to do something. Um, so that was pretty crap. That was pretty annoying. And that was the reason why Morgan had to go to the supermarket by herself uh, yes. over the weekend. Because, um, And honestly, lucky, lucky she did. Because if I, if I had gone with her, there was a crash on the Harbour Bridge. And she was stuck in traffic for about an hour, hour and a half trying to get to the supermarket. I'm kidding. I'm not even kidding. If I had gone there would have been uh, another evacuation on the motorway. It would have, it would have been really bad. Um, so I'm glad I didn't go. <laughs> Rewarded for your, no. for your caution. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that was the downside. My last thing for the week that has happened. Um, I had an audition today. Nice. Um, which is sick. Um, just turned up to me, uh, yesterday afternoon, really quick turnaround to one today. It was at 12. Um, and obviously without going into information, confidentiality and things, I turn up, um, real easy, fill out the thing, give it to them. The person that was in there before me, he was probably in there for like two, three minutes. It was quick. And I was like, okay. I mean, I get it. It is quick. Um, anyway, I get in there and I do the thing. It was quick. Three takes, which probably lasted for about 10 seconds. And it was like done and dusted out. Really small roll. Um, Anyway, as I was doing it and as I was about to, uh, well, not as I was about to leave, but as it was finishing, um, the woman in the room 
laughed. She chuckled at the take that I just did. And the camera operator, casting director, he basically was like, oh, if you're making her laugh, you're doing it well. And then basically led me to the door. <laughs> and, you know, thank you, thank you, bye, bye. And as I was walking down the hallway, I heard them go, yeah, he's funny, isn't he? <laughs> so once again, I just walked out of that thing being like, great. And I've walked out of so many auditions in person being like, great, yeah, they think I'm funny. So now I've just got to hold on to hope that is this finally the time where the funny was right for yeah. the role. So yeah. who knows? I mean, you who have knows? a strong track record of making casting directors laugh, which is, yeah. I mean, it's just at a point now where you're just, you're just, just a funny guy. I'm just a funny guy. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's, I, I hold hope for this one. I found out, I find out in a couple of days or Monday or something like that. Um, so yeah, that was the last big thing that's happened to me in the past two weeks. So I'm doing well. I'm over the tummy thing, which I'm so glad. Um, and yeah, I don't know, getting a bit more pep into my step, uh, which is uh, good to kind of start finding that energy again. Lovely. We'd love to hear that. Um, on my end of things, yeah, as I said, tell to, me. as I said to, to Matt before we started recording, a lot of my sort of tidbits today are things we couldn't go into last time we spoke because it was just such a big catch up episode. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's one or two two new things. Um, I feel like news-wise, even though I don't want to spend lots of time on this, we <laughs> must recognise that since we last recorded, uh, the death of the British monarch, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, has occurred. And True. again, I stress, I'm not that interested in going into detail no. about it but as a as a significant landmark that we like to note on mm-hmm. these these podcasts a couple of years in my only comment on that has been and i said this to a friend the other day and she kind of disagreed with me i was like i don't remember a news event splitting the people who mm. i have access to on social media so clearly down the middle the one side is uh sadness people mourning rest of peace yeah 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 uh, from a genuine nature yep which is fine as far as i'm concerned and then the other side of people saying basically uh if the monarchy not mm-hmm. necessarily good riddance but mm-hmm. thinking of all the people who colonized today or and very against any sort of commemoration celebration of everything that queen elizabeth ii represents and I just thought it was interesting, particularly on Instagram, that anyone posting about it was in the one of the two camps. I mean, there's probably a third camp of the meme posters, you know, people taking the piss a little bit, which is equally valid. You don't have to react in any particular way, but I can't remember something happening that divided young people of our generation so clearly down the middle, mm. you know. I think Fran was talking about like, oh, in the early days of COVID, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think people against mask wearing and, you know, uh, isolation, all that sort of stuff were always in the minority. I don't think it was anywhere close to 50-50. Whereas my reaction to the reaction to passing of <laughs> Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II would be that most people seem to be on one of two sides and they kind of do yeah. directly clash against each other, which I'm just... I've just observed from afar. I mean, I didn't watch the funeral. I'm not that interested in it as like being involved in it. When I woke up uh, the morning where it had just happened, I was like, oh, that's a big event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought we should mention that. I don't know if you have any any thoughts to weigh in on it. <laughs> no, I mean, no, without, without going into like a big discussion of it and stuff like that, I, I've definitely seen a lot of what you're, what you're saying. Um, I did watch a little bit of the funeral only from the pure basis of, I wanted to see like what sort of event was laid out when something like this did happen. Um, and I saw a lot of side by sides, um, of what happened the last time, um, a monarch, monarch, a monarch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, died uh at the helm um and yeah you know obviously steeped in tradition i mean as much as what it it all is it's always steeped in tradition so i did find that very interesting um but yeah i've i have heard a lot of um yeah debate about it all and things 
Um, but look, you can't, you can't, you can't disregard the fact that this woman was at her job for 70 years and was a massive pillar for majority of the world, um, regardless of what happened before her. Um, you got to think of what happened, you know, while she was there. Um, a lot of the stuff that people talk about didn't even concern her in herself. It was it was well before any of that. Um, but obviously, she st- she stood for it. She yeah. was the yeah. head of she it. She is and the representation of that. Exactly, exactly. And I completely understand that. Um, but yeah, I have, I, yeah, I'm not going to go too much more into it. I have points and things and stuff and I'm not on one side. I'm not on another. I would clearly, I would clearly be in the middle of, you know, like, (laughs) I can see it all. Mm. (laughs) Um, but yeah, obviously big event, big thing. Let's, let's see what happens with Charles at the helm. Charles, the, the third I've met Prince Charles, now King Charles, just so everyone knows. Uh, just uh, There's a photo of me and him chatting somewhere on the internet that I need to find. Uh, <laughs> so good on you, mate. I remember he said to us, um, it was it was when I was in Turkey with some other young New oh, Zealanders, yep. and he yep. was like, so are you all from Auckland? And I was like, no, mate, there nope. are some other places in New Zealand. It's not just Auckland. <laughs> yeah, Frank. Uh, that's my tiny child story. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll do a monarchy episode at some point. Um, but yes, big event from the last two weeks in a non-personal nature. Um, I wanted to talk about this last week, but it felt was sort of not important enough. And seeing as you touched on it today, one of the big life changes for me in a day-to-day sense from uh, our pre-August episodes to now is that I've gone from being someone that had only ever been on an electric scooter once to now it is a genuine part of my transport (laughs) and i'm not sure why i started doing it i think oh no you know what it is so in wellington where i live there are a couple of bus routes that are sort of traditional bus routes that go through a lot of central areas of wellington and because they're high uh go through high density areas they're high volume the bus that i catch the number two is one of those one end of Wellington to the other end. It used to be that you could kind of leave the house, rely on turning up to the bus stop without looking at the timetable, and you would find within maximum 10 minutes there mm-hmm, would be a bus. Mm-hmm. Most of the time you go, oh, three minutes, four minutes, seven minutes. They have now introduced the airport bus uh, that goes as sort of an express bus from the airport to central destinations, which is a good thing. It had been gone for a while and was terrible that we didn't have a bus service. The thing is it's meant they've added a whole new service and they've cut a lot of the number twos. And I had found myself a few times getting to the bus stop. they not being a bus for 15 minutes. And a lot of the time I'm catching the bus to work. So I don't have time to play with. So I think it must've been just one of those days where uh, I didn't want to catch an Uber. The walk was too long. I timed it poorly. And I must've seen that there was a Flamingo, which is a, uh, a scooter brand in Wellington. And I downloaded the app and started. And I just must have been impressed by how quick it was. I think it usually cost me about $4 to go from Hatayda Village to far enough in town in Wellington that I will get off and yep. then walk the rest of the way. Um, and it has just started being something that's more frequent in my life. I'm still trying to bus where I can. You know, on my mm-hmm. way home from town, when I can wait for as long as a bus will take, I'll do that. Uh, I will, if I get to the bus stop in the morning, I'll see that there's a bus and I'll catch it. It's more of sort of my backup plan. But when I do the dinner service at Egmont once a week, you know, sometimes the buses are finished and getting home from town, it's just faster that way. And uh, recently they've started rewarding me with $3 of credit, three minutes of credit for parking my scooter in the right place. It only takes me three minutes to ride. So it's actually only costing me a dollar a ride at the moment, which is great. Um, But, We'd mentioned this at various points over over the year the years of this podcast, and I now have to come out as someone who is now somewhat on board with the uh, scootering. I also find it quite quite therapeutic uh, scootering home from work. Put a bit of music on. Takes about the same amount of time as a bus. If you get a clear run and there's you know not traffic or pedestrians around, it's a pretty good running. I quite like to scooter with a little bit of music on. Yeah, um, you're one, you're one with the world in that yeah, moment. You yeah, know, you're you're just, and you're one with the world and not using your feet, which yeah. is just you're zooming so along nice. at uh, twenty three 
top speed twenty four k an hour. Those those flamingos kick, man. They those go fast. Kick. Yeah, yeah. There was one time a few weeks ago where I uh, I in ill advisedly had uh, had picked one up to take it home after having consumed more than a couple of beverages, and uh, <laughs> it conked out a very short way into the ride. And uh, it was only the next morning that someone said to me, that was probably a good thing. You really shouldn't go on those True. things when you're under the influence, um, which is one of the things they talk about. But I wanted to update yourself and the people that I'm very much on board with the uh, electric scooter vibe now. Only Flamingo, though. I don't dual lap. I don't I don't double dip. <laughs> That's fair. If there's no Flamingo, it's not an here. option to me. Beams, yep. Uber, no thank you. Uh, I'm loyal. I'm loyal to the uh, the flamingo lifestyle <laughs> brand. I I wish we had flamingos up here. There's I think there's three different ones up here. There's like lime. Uh, what's it's like? Oh god, there's an orange one and a purple one. Can't even remember what they're called. Um, I'm I'm. Do you know what? I have a a small memory of when. When we were when I was down in Wellington after we'd just finished doing the show, and Morgan and I scooted and met you at um, El Culdamundo, mm-hmm. and you know, like you guys were walking across the road and we like rolled up on our scooters and yes, things. Yes, I remember that. And there was there was a small little discussion of being like, you know, do you guys scooter here? And you guys being like, oh no, nah, we we you know don't never don't use those things never use those things i wonder if i just slowly started imprinting it into your mind yeah, being like trading. Yeah, these these things these these things are good these things are great electric Can't electric with electric exactly man exactly you 20 that's why i never got my license that's why yeah that, exactly that is the that is the reason why um just need a tesla now so tick tick that off for me uh as a flamingo flamingo boy um nice. a couple of other things to mention um we two sundays ago so it would have been a few days after we recorded we had the uh, the felix awards down here in wellington which is the hospitality oh, yep, yep. awards um basically an evening on a sunday generally because uh, sunday night tends to be sort of the full-time hospo crowds going out night because places are shut on mondays um, it's the hospitality awards. There are a bunch of categories. It's a bit of a strange process. Uh, if you work in hospitality, you can sort of nominate anyone within any category. So, say, uh, you know, I work in in place A. I can, in the initial stage, say, yeah, I think Matt is the uh, the best chef of the year, and people just nominate, and then basically they make a short list. So I don't know if that's how that works with like the emmys and the oscars and stuff if people nominate and the 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 official nominees are drawn from other people's nominations or if it's just kind of a committee choosing um Mm. there's Mm. some sort of process like that and so about a month ago the felix awards announced the nominees which was four four finalists in each of the 15-ish categories um restaurant of the year cafe of the year barista of the year outstanding caterer of the year uh, new venue regional venue that sort of thing um and where i currently work was nominated for three awards one was the catering studio uh, which i'm not sort of directly involved with but they work in the same building and we kind of know them i make them coffees in the morning when i'm there so they were uh nominated for caterer of the year uh, our head chef taylor uh, was nominated for outstanding chef of the year which is kind of the the top chef award the, there's also yeah, an emerging chef up. of the year yeah. um and our front of house team including me hey. was nominated for outstanding front of house which Heck to yeah. be honest is a bit weird because most of the people working there in front of house have only been there for about three months so the team that we rolled in with to the awards was a bunch of people that currently work there and a bunch of people that don't current they work there <laughs> yeah, which yeah. was kind of fun and we definitely <laughs> went in there with uh you know we're We'd had some free drinks. I had set up a, uh, a mini golf course at uh, work, which was a uh, bit, I bit saw of fun. That. Yep. And we rolled in there with with big restaurant energy. Like, you know, it was... <laughs> when we turned up outside to Papa, we thought we were going to go straight in. It was about six o'clock in the evening, so pretty early. And what I likened it to was the scene in Anchorman where all the news crews turn up at the same oh, time. Oh, they all turn up and roll. It was yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because the Wellington hospitality scene is pretty diverse. <laughs> there's really young people, there's slightly older people. Some of the people had come in like black tie, cocktail attire. Some people were in like, I mean, half the people from Egmont were in Hawaiian shirts. 
uh, I had dressed up a little bit because I don't dress up all that often. I said, you know, I'm going to hey, take that take occasion. Moment. One Heck of the yeah. places, Hawthorne Lounge, all had sort of velvet uh, PJs, matching PJs with Hawthorne Lounge and their name like stitched on it. So they had Ooh. gone all out. Goodness. So completely different vibes. And you can imagine in a hospital, not to stereotype, there's, there's some people heavily tattooed and, and you know, with lots of piercings and, and some people who probably are slightly older and maybe you know less tattered kids i don't know i don't days. know how to describe kids these days but you know some people like super bright hair and then whatever but we finally got let in and then uh, it was everyone in, in a big function space and papa announced the nominees and and who wins the awards and it was a rowdy but the thing was they didn't let anyone drink during the reception which is apparently what has not happened in in the past so they let everyone in everyone was pretty pretty on a good mode and then it was they it was, were going it was, yeah it was a 60 to 90 minute ceremony so by the time it was finishing i was yawning man i was ready to go to bed i thought you can't <laughs> you can't give me a, you know five six drinks and then give me no food or, or anything else to drink for 90 minutes and expect me not to like shut down true uh so the awards were fun we didn't win front of house we were pipped by ortega uh <sighs> which i think was fair enough because you know i think lots more of those people have worked there for a year which is fine uh taylor did win outstanding chef so that was that was big big cheer from us uh, and a few other people that we're quite friendly with one so that was good um moved down to the the main space into papa you know nibbles and free drinks i mean with it was the tickets you had to pay to go um so as you were paying for the sort of free bar sort of situation. Um, and I had said to lots of people at Egmont, I was like, let's get on the dance floor early mm-hmm. because we will always be the people that establish the tone later yeah, on when it trend. gets busy, yep. it's not going to be as good. And we cut some shapes early on. It was great fun. And then <laughs> later on when the dance floor was packed, it was just like, yeah, it's not the same. It was it was it was a bit of fun with us earlier on. We've had our moment. We've had our moment. But the thing was, the alcohol ran out at like ten o'clock. Way too early. And the thing is you're stuck inside at an event. It's not like you can just go and pay for a drink at a bar. Yeah. I mean you could leave and come back in, but it got to that point where I was like, Well, I'm uh, I don't have enough energy to stay, so I guess I'll go home. Um, yeah. how did they undersupply that? Well, I think it was because they were sponsored by lots of like Jameson's was sponsoring this company and this liquor company were sponsoring these cocktails. So those people would have brought a certain amount of stuff and it would have just all gone. It wasn't like a central catering company bringing 10,000 bottles of Heineken that you would never run out of. I I think they ran out rather than they stopped serving, like cut us off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Um, So that was a little bit disappointing, but it was a really fun night. Uh, Quite a lot of parading around Taylor's outstanding chef of the year award. I definitely uploaded a photo of me on Instagram implying that I had won it, um, which a few people who don't know me very well had sort of replied to being like, congrats. But my highlight of the night outside of the evening itself was they had two of the biggest cheese boards I have ever seen. Mm. Just a stupid amount of cheese. There were probably 600 people at this event. This this amount of cheese was never going to get eaten. We're talking whole half wheels of brie just yeah. standing on their side not even oh. in a way that you could cut into it um and so on my way out i i said uh our good friend hamish was there i was like you know what? i'm taking some of this home cheese is expensive i can't afford, i'd buy cheese from a supermarket and so i loaded up my blazer pockets with a serious hunk of brie and a fair selection of uh different cheddars <laughs> which have been slowly consumed over the last week or so uh and that that is what i will always remember about the felix awards is is me trying to balance on a scooter on a flamingo sorting myself out with my uh, jacket pocket laden down with cheese but stuffed with cheese it was really interesting to be in that environment because uh, i guess i've always been on the fringes ish with hospitality you know when i was at the lab fresh Mm. press working overseas i've never been you know it's never been what i've committed myself to but i've never been part of a big enough institution to go to something like that and oh, mate, really you were at the establishment. Yeah. It's really interesting to see uh, all those people in one room and go, oh, this is Wellington Hospitality. You know, this is the 600 people mm. that are at the heart of it. And, and see how yeah. young that group of people is and the sort of camaraderie in the room was really, really nice to see. You know, having been there, 
you kind of come out of it and you're like, oh, I'd, I'd like to win restaurant of the year. Like, I'd like to set my own place up and, and four years time, you know, win that and go four years ago, I was sitting here and we were nominated for this thing. And you can see how it would be a big deal when you win though, any of those sort of big awards. Um, but yeah, that was my big sort of, uh, my big sort of social thing for the, for the last few weeks. And uh, nice. the nice thing about the, uh, alcohol running out was that I, uh, I was in my home and home at home in bed at a reasonable time which was nice um and other than that I've, I've been pretty good man cutting down my hours at Egmont three weeks getting back into some creative stuff we're uh we're working on choosing shortlisting PhDs for season two PhD unpacked which is cool nice dipping nice. my toes back into the old coffee documentary got some irons in the fire there um and a few other things so yeah generally doing pretty well and just trying to get back into my balance of uh creative stuff and and slightly less hospitality after has what has been a you know an interesting period as i said last episode of of going away on holiday and, and hospitality and stuff um but that's that's a bit of me and uh to pivot from a bit of me to a bit of uh you <laughs> a bit of me as well but i do have a question for you this week Lovely. I'll just Hit a little me. Uh, sip of. Oh, have a have a sip. Have a rest. I'll fill this little air right now. No, it's all right. The uh, the air's back. It was truly a single sip. <laughs> My question to you comes inspired from a book that I'm reading at the moment, a uh, a, a fictional book set in a a post post modern world, slightly in the future. Um, it's mm-hmm. from an author called Jasper Ford. I'm not sure if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but his novels always take place in the UK slightly in the future in a world that has lots of similarities to our world but has one element slightly different so there was one book where uh rabbits exist at human size and they speak and it's just all about the relationship between humans and 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 rabbits as kind of more humanoid things another of his books is about uh humanity is basically the same except we all hibernate three months a year and some people stay awake during the kind of winter months to make sure the world keeps ticking over. Um, again, not so crazy that it would never happen. There's a version of events mm. where things, anyway, the one that I'm reading at the moment is called shades of gray and it's all about how you are placed in society. Very much a black mirror kind of vibe. This Ooh, book. I like that. I like how that. you are placed in society is determined on your color perception. So some people can see greens, some people can see reds, some people can see mm-hmm. oranges. Mm-hmm. There's universal colors. So I think everyone can see that grass is green. Like they have a default green color that everyone can determine. But all the nuances of the different colors, what I'm reading in the story is that the people that can see greens can see all the different colors of the forest. The people that can see reds can see all the different shades of sunsets and red flowers and all that sort of stuff. And I'm really intrigued by this concept and in trying to figure it out and how to prompt it as a question. I think the best thing to ask is if you had to order a hierarchy of color perception, you know, if I came to you and I said, you can only see three groups of colors, what would be your one, two, three? Or if I came to you and said, rank your top seven, how would we order the colors that we have in our world and obviously knowing that some people have color deficiencies mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. what is the most valuable color to see and what is the least valuable color and what fills in between those lines i thought we could workshop this together okay um hmm. interesting well i mean first and foremost the mo- i like the most valuable color is red interesting because red is the first color the eye sees. It's the first. Uh, it's the first color that the eyes um, reciprocate and do what it's thing and, and and stuff like that. That's why stop signs are red, um, warnings are red, um, and things are red because the the wavelength of red is yeah is the first is the first color that the eye picks up. Um, that's why big alerts and things and stuff like danger and all of that and right right right. That's why it's red. Because it's the first thing you see. I didn't know um, that. You've brought some new information to me. You could say nothing else and this would have been a worthwhile question. Oh, boom. Done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, value-wise, red. Um, but for me personally, like what colours would like I want to see and perceive, my top would be green. Mm. Green's um, got to be the highest volume, oh, right? Like the totally. natural world is 
so much of it is shades of green and yet we do value the colors that pop against green like i'm i'm totally. staring at garden at the moment and the vast majority of it is green but it's the sort of the purples and the whites and the mm. yellows that pop out that being said there is such a depth of green you know the color of grass is different from the color of rosemary on a on a herb plant is different from a color of you know a native tree but if you were to see all all the native things that were green in a singular green shade that Mm -hmm. would be really boring we would miss out on a lot (laughs) totally um yeah and yeah i mean yeah i i love nature and and how it looks but you're right it's all those small little nuancings in nature as well you you wouldn't necessarily see um i mean the next big one would be blue right i mean the sky water it's it's being able to fill the void of like nothingness i don't care what color a building is it's a building like if i'm just looking at Mm. buildings and they're gray for the rest of my life fine that's fine because i i would rather be picking up the sky the grass the water like little things like that i think that that color i would be more want to be more attuned to in in the world going forward i don't care about anything else and like this this the fact that this bear is pink i mean i don't i don't care that it's pink i mean i'm tasting it that's what i care about the most you know so it's little things like that i think i want to appreciate the more natural side of the world um for what it is and what it gives us rather than everything that's necessarily man-made and provides other colors so green and blue i guess would be the ones Mm. that pop up to me and i would honestly i'd put red in um i mean red is a red is a, a spectrum um you'd pick up other little hints of colors um because red have, is that's red. I mean, there are lots of red, is in the... red flowers, and and the th- I would imagine if you were saying, well, what colors a sunset, you would see different shades oh, of red, and I guess you would see. Again, I'm only early stages into the story. No one in the story has pink perception. It's all how much red perception uh, do you have. So I imagine yeah, that pink totally. is sort of part of that. I think in the story, some people have purple. So if you can see both blue and red to a certain degree they are considered a purple purple. um i think i mean the one that you haven't mentioned the the other primary color is is yellow yellow yeah and yellow doesn't it doesn't feature that strongly in the world i mean golden hues you know the the sun totally yes yeah. the sun is yellow. is yellow but we don't yeah. look at the sun and it provides sunlight to things but yeah. yellow is not actually that present um and things that that we we look at i mean it is interesting that green i always sort of have to remind myself that green is not a primary color yellow no. red and blue are primary colors and green is somewhere in the between the yellow and, and blue spectrum um it's so fascinating that that whoever came up with the primary color thing and whoever sort of figured that out that one of the key colors in the natural world is not a primary color i think is fascinating um i would suggest that maybe white is quite important is it a color well i because if you couldn't if you couldn't see any colors it'll be black and white yeah I, i remember our art teacher saying that black black doesn't exist there's just very 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 dark shades of green and very 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 dark shades of blue and that in, in theory pure black is the absence of color rather black than is the color absence itself. of light and yeah. white is is isn't white the blend of all colors if you it's mix the spectrum them, yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah white is the spectrum yeah I, I guess i guess white is not a color and in and of itself but if we were doing this from a not my book perspective or just before book <laughs> shades of gray yeah uh, gray is a group of characters um so i think they get to see the world only in whatever the it is determined that you can see in an base old, green. old film noir movie. no so they they get to see <laughs> this is base green and anything that is green in quote unquote the real world you see in the same shade this is what yep. red looks like you get a boring single shade of red for everything i haven't mentioned white but i, I don't know is white just an an accent that we've come to like in the same way that black is an abs- accent that we've come to like 
I don't know. Do we need brown? Like a lot of the natural world is brown. True. That's true. Well, nah, I'll be fine with green. Just green. <laughs> just give me the green. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really expect us to have different answers. I just thought it was an interesting prompt from the story about, you know, most of us take the colors that we see for granted, unless you're someone that realizes at some point in childhood, oh, my blues look like greens or they're the same thing. Or I guess just variable color blindness or I don't know, do people's color perception change as your as your eyesight wanes? Does does the the color that you see change? I, I don't know. Which this is why I picked out this book. <laughs> Other than having read Jasper Ford's stuff before. I thought it was an interesting prompt in that sort of black mirror, how do we order people based on the color you can you can see? Just oh, staring totally. at now. If we were to remove everything green that I can see Man, it would be pretty boring. Lots of white, lots of brown. It would look like it would look red. like a very abstract uh, yeah. painting, or <laughs> an early 2010s Instagram filter. Yeah, <laughs> it's all red. Yeah, it's all just. <laughs> That's what I want for my world. It's all just the same shade. Um, well, let's park that there. Didn't need anything more than that. Good I question. Just to, uh, Good question. Have a little think about that as you as you wander around life and and see the the shades of but i think you're right green and blue are the generally the colors of the natural world and everything else is kind of artificial that surrounds it um but let's move on to what are you watching to finish off the uh yeah, the week, yeah, finish yeah, off yeah. the episode tell me what you've been watching anything that's grabbed your fancy uh i know there's a few things that we brought up last week i'm curious to know if you've dipped your toe into uh rings of power but tell me tell me all what have you got to report yeah no i have not dug my toes in yet my mother keeps on insisting that i i catch up and watch it um she's really she's really enjoying it obviously yourself as well um from last time um yeah i haven't got there yet uh we don't have prime um waiting for my cousin to get free in contact day with trial. me it's free 30 day trial yeah i know i think i feel i think i've done it before i know i could just make an yeah okay emails, right. bro. Yeah, yeah. no but there is one thing though that i found out if you haven't done if you haven't trialed in the last year you can just trial again you don't have to make a new email Oh, okay. I'll double check that. I'll double check that. Um, but obviously, on the other spectrum of that, House of Dragons. Um, man, I love it. I, I, it's it take it just takes me back to the good days of Game of Thrones. Man, I know they're trying to do their own thing and and you know not necessarily associate with it, but I mean it's the same story, mm, obviously. I think they're um, they're associating pretty strongly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. But as a production squad, you'd want to be like, no, we're not Game of Thrones. We're House of Dragons. Um, yeah, I man, it's great. That last episode ending I haven't the last was. One. Haven't watched the last one. Oh, you haven't watched no, the last one. I haven't watched the last one. Oh, bro, I was I was literally about to talk about it, but uh, I won't. No, you can't. You um, can't. You gotta warn oh, people. We're only three days on. Give people time yeah, to catch no, up. No, sorry. Uh, really good, and just a bit of a what the frick. Um, and looking forward to next week's one. Um, where I know some things are happening. Yes, I think um, I know what you think is, is what is happening. But let's yes, we'll, we'll, yes. We'll wait. One thing I do want to say, uh, as someone who is watching both shows, uh, is for me, it's really interesting to... House of the Dragon, I'm not across the law. Hello, R.E. Uh, for anyone who hasn't been listening to Matt talk about Dungeons & Dragons for the last year. Um, <laughs> obviously, I know what happens in Game of Thrones, but I don't most of the stuff in this prequel show is based on writings by George R. R. Martin. So the same with Game mm. of Thrones with those books in the early seasons. There are some people that know the source material he's writing, uh, totally. they, they are using. Uh, and I don't know the source material and I'm enjoying watching a show that I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, next. yeah, yeah. Whereas Lord of the Rings, I'm more across that. I've sort of educated myself because I couldn't help it. And I wanted to know what the show might be about and all the, mm-hmm. the build up to it over the last few years. So I know what their show has rights to cover and what they don't have to cover i know the key stories i sort of know what links this prequel period with the events that are depicted in the lord of the rings and what events they will definitely cover and it's interesting to watch one show where i have no idea what's going to happen and watch another show where i know exactly what's going to happen but i don't know (laughs) how they're going to get there and they're quite different viewing experiences and in some ways I, i i would say that I watch the rings of power and I'm maybe more invested because I'm like, I know where you're going, but like, <laughs> yeah, when but are we how? going to see the thing? Cause it could happen yeah. in the first yeah. season. It could happen in season two, season five, who knows? Whereas house of dragon, I'm watching 
just being like i have no idea and that is its own enjoyment um and yeah. and that is that is how i would simply sum up my experience of watching those two shows and the different things that they are fulfilling for me like i'm i'm watching rings of power and then i'll go to youtube and watch people's comments and they'll say like oh this is how this deviates and yeah yeah how's the dragon i'm just watching the show and nothing else tell me nothing <laughs> nice nice i can appreciate that i can appreciate that um uh, other on the list, um, new season of Rick and Morty out on Netflix. Um, man, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, just like any other season, I just love how it's just, it's such a clever show. It's, it's very clever. And I, I, people have, um, in an interview before and things like that, you've really got to be like smart to understand the humor in the show. Um, and it's yeah it's i think it's just very clever writing it's just very well done um and i i love it so rick and morty that's going on at the moment um uh another tv show that's on currently on tvnz is new zealand celebrity treasure island Mm. um i've watched season you've watched none of it yeah i don't know why i think it's the bake-off crossover at them starting at a similar time and me pouring all my energy into bake-off but it's funny having watched it all like religiously friend and i were watching it last season i i i know who's on it this season or who's not on it um (laughs) not knowing the people that are on it should i say uh but i know nothing so so i'm not saying don't spoil it i'm just really curious on if you've been watching it what you have to say yeah no have been watching it um it's definitely not as like high profile as last season as you were just saying definitely a lot of faces in there being like don't know who you are don't know who you are don't know who you are um but definitely still some familiar faces as well um it's really enjoyable once again it's like it's our silly you know take of survivor which isn't really survivor um but just the drama on top of it all the emotion that gets put into it and things just kind of seeing these celebrities just be a little bit naive of themselves and be put in a situation like this and be like oh yeah no like this is this is this is serious you know and it's like you know the, the what they do for charity and things like that it's not all for them which i think is the thing that i love the most about it is just hearing the charities that they're all competing for um and all of these people are bringing awareness to all of this kind of stuff um obviously mike king um was probably um, one of the more high profile people oh on this and season. he came in he came in telling everyone that as well um but yeah obviously i am hope um and his daughter as well um on the show um so yeah it's 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 pretty cool dynamic um very intense um monday tuesday wednesday nights on tv2 or tvnz on demand um and it's part of our monday tuesday wednesday um schedule now Uh, it's, it's it's what we do every night um so very much liking that loving the puzzles every time i see a show like that i'm like i could do that i could do that that." (laughs) um so i now want to be new zealand famous so i can be on a future um new zealand celebrity treasure island just to see if it's an achievable goal yeah i i think so as well i think so as well um last thing on my list a movie that i've been meaning to get to for a long time um i set up the tv in our room we don't have a tv in our bedroom i moved the tv from the lounge into our bedroom and we had a bit of a date night on bed with takeouts and a movie um which was really nice something we haven't done for a very long time um and we watched death on the nile oh old uh kenneth kenneth brenner mm-hmm. um uh gal godot um army hammer which was a big question i know big question mark and the why are we watching this but anyway we'll we'll leave it there we'll leave it there we'll leave it there um but yeah a few other recognizable celebrities and faces and things like that um on the long sort of the movie quite enjoyable just from the pure fact of haven't like haven't seen it before didn't really know what to expect knew that it was kind of like a you know, a murder mystery. It's in the title, obviously. Have you seen um, um, Murder on the Orient Express? No, oh, okay. I haven't okay. actually. Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, but I think that might be the next one because we really enjoyed watching this movie and being like, it was her, it was him, and trying to like trying to figure it out before it actually happened. 
once you know and being like no that's too obvious it can't be that hmm. have you seen the movie i haven't but i've read the book and i read the book okay. within the last i think i've read it earlier this year maybe maybe at the start of this year as a i knew that the film was coming out and i was like oh i'll read some agatha christie because agatha christie is great that's the reason mm. people read it you're like oh what can't be them uh, exactly what you say yeah it's almost interactive and in that you're trying to figure out who you think yeah who done it who done it yeah so yeah so it was it was really fun date night you know we got noodles and on bed um and watched that movie and solved a mystery um so yeah that's what that's what that's been my watching it's been quite fun yeah you should obviously watch the the first film i've seen it more than once first time i didn't know uh what had happened in it you know who who done it and the second Mm -hmm. time again it was probably around the same time that i read death on the nile and i was like i'm just gonna watch this again i'm pretty sure i remember how it ends but i'm gonna watch it back and see if anything stands out um (laughs) i i don't know i haven't watched the next one i'm sure i will at some stage it really feels that sort of not really a thriller more almost sort of like a it's almost a comedy type 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 vibe um i only have one other thing to add this week i had sort of most of what i'm watching is house dragon and lord of the rings rings of power and we've just touched on that um, the only thing I have to add is that uh, Fred and I have started a Breaking Bad rewatch. Oh, yeah. And nice. I'm not sure. I've seen Breaking Bad. I've definitely watched season one in its entirety before. I definitely watched season the last season when it came out. I remember how it ends. Honestly, my memory is foggy about how much of two, three, and four I saw. There's a distinct possibility I skipped season four and just watched season five because I wanted to know what had happened. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to admit that that may have occurred. I don't remember. It was uni years where I don't even remember what I was watching. Um, but we've already gone through all of season one, which is only seven episodes and half of season two. And, uh, it's great to just dive back into what is actually quite old as a TV show. It's yep. over 10 years. And yeah, it must be just gone 10 years since it started. And it's old enough that this sort of, the quality of the, the the grain of the show is sort of a little bit gritty, kind of like, you know, if you watch The Wire or shows from the early 2000s, it just looks different. We've talked about this with films before. Um, I don't need to convince anyone to watch Breaking Bad. I just am here to <laughs> announce. I said to Fran one night, I was like, do you want to rewatch Breaking Bad with me? She said yes, and we dived in, and now we're in. Uh, nice. Slightly frustrating timing because... I also now want to watch The Crown and the classic, like, all right, you know, uh, yep, yep. Queen Elizabeth. But no, we're going to get through Breaking Bad before we start any other rewatches. Um, and that's it. That's it for me. It's it's mostly those two fantasy Short shows. Uh, haven't really watched any films or anything. And I, will, I take this last moment to just uh, to say it is a friend's birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday in advance to her. Happy birthday, friend. Going to go do some cocktails afterward with some friends. Hopefully go for a little bit of boogie. Um, and that's what the weekend has in store for me. Um, but let us wrap up with our beers. Uh, would you like to start? How have you felt about your unfiltered IPA? Yeah, I'll start with mine. Um, very good. Very good. I must admit though, first sip, not like the rest of the beer. Um, the hibiscus definitely came in stronger, uh, the more I, um, consumed, uh, the beverage. Um, but in saying that, uh, really, n- no big problems with it. Uh, you could slap. You could just say that this is a hazy, um, and I would be. I would be convinced that it was. Um, so maybe that was just their fancy way of just saying unfiltered IPA, and it's actually just a hazy. Um, but yeah, uh, very good, all round. I did enjoy it. wasn't too much. wasn't too little. Um, it's going to be a good score, not the highest. Um, but I am go- a, a thought came into my head straight away with this one. I'm going to give it a seven point eight. Nice. Um, very respectable. Not my favourite, um, but in the sense of an unfiltered IPA, uh, and what I was expecting, stood up pretty well. Seven point eight from me. It is. We haven't done our our scale collaborate. Uh, collaboration is not the right word. Comparison, but I think a seven point eight on your scale is a. Is it higher or lower than mine? You've done both higher and lower scores than me, so I'm yes, not sure. I have the bigger range. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Matt has got range. I am have a, a small thin casting type. No, no, no. Um, 
I enjoyed this lager. You know what it reminded me of? Is this is what I think a Rattler should be, going off the back oh, of yeah. the last episode. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a it's a lager that has citrus notes. This definitely has that lime flavor in there. Um, it's sweet, but not overly sweet. There's sort of a little bit of sourness that I guess is sort of citrusy. Um, but in general, I enjoyed this. On a hot day, this is what you would want to drink. And in terms of other beers that I've had, I would say it's pretty similar to the Duncan's Yum Yum Yuzu Lager, which oh, was a yes. lager with a, like a, a little bit of interestingness going on. Both high-quality mm-hmm. lagers. They're not weak. They're not metallic. Uh, they're not boring. They have a flavor to them. And I gave the Duncan's Yuzu Lager 7.5. So I'm going to give this the exact same score. 7.5. Nice, nice. I love a seven point five. Anything in the sevens, it's, it's doing yeah. its job. Yeah, it's doing its job. Seven point five is it is the, the definition of respectable on our scoring scale. To, oh, to, exa- that's something that I would watch and consume. Yeah, and I'd have another one on a hot True. day. On a hot day, I would have another one. Um, but we will leave it there. As per usual, I'm the person that has something to rush to. <laughs> oh, it's always busy always oh, busy such a busy boy busy boy uh but thank you for making the time today my friend uh, of course we have we, we've covered quite a lot of bases today i feel yeah we have you know we've learned some things we've, red uh, is the first color of the ic yes that was a little that was a little tip that i'm gonna put in my back pocket a bit there just yeah. think about that how important is red to you but no, thank you for this week. Thank you to everyone who's been listening, who continues to listen. Uh, we thank love you, you thank all. You, thank you. Uh, Matt, I also love you. Much love to be shared around. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, no. From me and to you and to everyone else, just thank you as always. Um, love doing this. We appreciate doing this. Um, and yeah, we hope that we, you know, brighten up a day or two listening to our voices and, and what's going on in our lives. Um, but as always, thank you very much, uh, James. Lovely. Well, all that's left to be said from Matt and myself is we will see you next time. Peace. Stuck in the ground